Think we might as well go right now, man. It's matinee with Bob and Ray. of anywhere, let's say the Swedish music, the other side of heaven, or Swedish music, as you will, by Ken and Bill. This is Matinee with Bob and Ray, our Saturday edition, the end of Ray's first week of vacation, but we may hear from him by transcription before the day's over. Bill, you were mentioning to me a little plug you got in a newspaper column the other day, and I, someone sent it in with the comment, incomparable, that's Bill Green. I can't make out the signature, and I've, I've mislaid the envelope, which has a postmark where this letter comes from. But the uh, the write-up goes on to say, Sammy Eisen is back with his usual fine music. What is this speaking of? The Statler? At the Copley Plaza. And the incomparable Billy Green <laughs> at the piano. Well, that's what you were calling my attention to the other day, the big write-up you got. And it says, uh, this letter goes on to say... Incomparable, is that good? If it's the same Bill Green who's on your program, it must be so. He's fascinating. Fascinatingly, Fascinatingly incomparable. <laughs> Gee, if we had that party's name, we would send the box to Cynthia Sweet right out. But that takes care of your publicity for the day. And inasmuch as we're in the mail department, I suppose we could go along with a couple more here. I don't know whether we have any winners of Cynthia Sweets or not. You know, for every letter or unusual thing that we read over the air, whether it be a poem or a song, or practically anything else, we send a box of Cynthia Sweets. Those delicious. Chocolates? Chocolates. Uh, this is in connection with the Japanese records we played last week. How can you tell what those songs are that you play? You don't finish them. I don't think we could tell if we did finish them. Do you? You've heard any of them. You know what I mean. We don't know what they are, really. And I don't know where you could get them. Unless you go to Japan for them. That's where they came from. However... Be that as it may. Something, uh, oh, here's something I wanted to ask you about, Ken, being our musical director. Dave Whipple of Waltham said if we got a little tired of the monotony of the piano and organ, why don't we try an old OK record? I'm thinking tonight of My Blue Eyes by Bob Atcher. Do we have that? Did you ever hear of him? I've heard We, you don't know whether we have the record or not. We have our statisticians working on that right now. And we should have an answer very shortly. Then, uh, from someone in Waltham, an answer... I, this is very hard to make out. Answer by correspondent. Who was Justin Case? And the answer, the first man to put something aside for a rainy day. That's better than Leo Egan's answer of last week, I think. By a long shot, don't you? Today we had a rather unusual occurrence. We have... Uh, fluorescent lights with waffle-like coverings on them here in the studio. One of them is right off the organ console at which Mr. Wilson sits and plays, and uh, part of it fell down, half of it fell down during his mighty rehearsal this afternoon, nearly conked him on the head. Would have made a waffle iron out of your head had it hit you, Ken. And it's still, and it's still all gall, too, believe me. You, uh, you moved the organ, though, and you're all set, huh? Everything is... You're safe over there, are you? Hmm? You, you told me a few minutes ago you wanted to talk, and I was going to have you uh, 
I mean about something different, not your life. We've talked that over so many times. Anyone like a piece of paper for their gum? Uh, oh, I tell you what, let's do. Let's go down. There's an interesting thing going on down in one of the studios down the hall here. I looked in just on my way down here. I think it's a telegraphic broadcast of a ball game of some sort. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, hazard a guess as to just what it is, but let's let's peek in this door. We can we can go right through here. Two and one, Aunt McGee. Wait a minute. There's a correction coming over. It's one and two, Aunt McGee. One ball, two strikes. Aunt McGee. Wait a minute. It isn't McGee, does it? I'm reading over his shoulder, friends. Wait just a moment. It's Muldoon, who has been pinch hitting for McGee, who has lifted... Muldoon is at bat, and the count is one ball and two strikes. It looks like a rush through center. There they go. The ball is passed to Prepowich. Excuse me just a moment, please. Uh, Western Union man, would you check with the man out there at Sioux City? What do you mean, check with him? He's sent a throw, eh? But it's not a throw all the time. It isn't. You can hear that ticker catch. I can hear it very well. Okay, then you read what I give you, then, will you? Okay. Well, forget I belong to the Union, too. I know, but after all, there are people who. Says he passes it through center to Prepowich. Well, okay, so he does it. Okay, the left end goes out. Take it from there. One and two on Muldoon. <clears throat> Taking a long lead down there off first base. <clears throat> Here come the Palapanese now. Have we thrown another pitch yet? This fellow's been up for about 15 minutes. There, it's third down. It's, the man has a count of one it's, ball. It's third down, and, and they got eight yards to go. Here it comes. Here's the pitch. The count is still one and two on Muldoon. He, uh... Consolidated is up three and a half. He looks a lot like Lou Boudreau at bat. It isn't, though. Quiet. Now, you just type, Western Union, Okay, I'll type it. You just read it. Don't you do any talking. Okay. You ain't supposed to do no talking. I'm supposed to be in the studio. I'm supposed to do the reading and the talking. You do the writing. What makes you think I'm a Western Union man? One and two on Muldoon. McGee is taking a long lead down there off first base. Hey, I run out of paper for this typewriter. You haven't written anything in 20 minutes. What are you talking about? I've been drawing pictures on it, though. But I can't read those pictures. You'll better ad-lib that, buddy. Well, here's the next pitch to I brought out for more paper. I belong to you. He swings, and it's a long fly ball going out to left field. Sturdley is backing up for it. He's underneath it. And it's off the top of his head. And here comes one run scoring. He catches it on the three-yard line. We take you now to Washington. Here in Washington, that's the top of the news. And in just a moment, my exclusive predictions of stuff. This is W.W. Sturdley in New York. Today I was talking with the meteorologist, the the weatherman, and he says that we're going to have a real summer day, hey. I return you to Washington. We seem to be having, having difficulties down there at that other studio, and we're back here in our home port now. I think we should have a little bit of music from Canada Bill, who've been sitting, sitting... Idly by, seated at the organ and piano, they play a song that's familiar to everyone, Little Bird Told Me.
as an encore. You're not going to play any more. play What'll I Do as an encore. Too bad they didn't play more than that. They only played one chorus, and it was 45 seconds in length, which means that at the end of this week, Bob, they'll owe us a little money. They will have worked exactly four minutes and 53 seconds of music, which is a shame. We did about a dollar. That's the way it should be, too, Bill. Congratulations to you. But now it's time for the question, man. All right, okay. I'll whistle it. Yes, it's time again for the question man. Interesting answers to interesting questions from all over about practically anything. Go ahead, Bob. I can't get that much. Our first letter today comes from a listener in Medfield, Mr. Question Man. She writes to say, I was passing a golf course the other day. It's the Baltimore Oriole or the Robin Redbreast. In writing a letter of thank you... No. Excuse me, the lights went out. Hello? Yes, it's for you, Bob. All right, hello. <laughs> no, it's not for me, it's for Bill. Oh, Bill? Bill. For you? Oh. Yeah, that's 480. Next question, All please. Right. The uh, next question is, is the Atlantic Ocean... Uh, yes, the Atlantic Ocean is at one spot, fathoms deep. I am planning a summer vacation to Argentina. Yes, there is a roof to the sky. It's painted blue. Is there anything on top of it? Nothing except the moon that's hung there by a string. Well, we're getting strong Manila hemp. We're getting into science now. I don't think we'd better have have the question answered. That excuse me, but I'm spinning on my pivot too. Would you stop me? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Blow, blow a silver note on this bugle, and it will be all right. All right, see. You'll find that will fix it up. Just dandy. <laughs> I just thought that was going to be a Wonderland commercial, but they closed last week. Hey, can't do those anymore this season. I hope they'll be back with us. They were a wonderful sponsor, weren't they? Huh? They were a doggy sponsor, okay. But they, uh, we do have a commercial to go in this spot. I don't know how the House of Television feels about following a bugle. That doesn't have too much to do with television. But if you have a nickel, you have a sound effect for a nickel? Can you drop a nickel? So drop it right over here in front of me, Bill, will you? Watch out now. And that's 50 cents. That's five. That's ten calls, isn't it? Well, I have got the nickel now, and I have got a phone, and I have got a minute. And I'm going to call Richmond, too. <laughs> One, seven, five, oh, 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 oh. Right now. Stop tickling, will you, Bill, please? I'll turn that light on you while you're playing the piano. You won't be able to read a note. I'll go back over there and sit down. Who can read? <laughs> We have great control over the members of our cast here. <laughs> Bob and Ray, are you going to stop this, Green? I'm sure your wife wouldn't approve of this. <laughs> Fooling around. Now, this is a serious thing. And don't do not do that, will you, please? I'll give you your nickel back. Wait a minute. I think I have one. No, I put it in the parking meter. Which one do you want? There's one worn one and one new. Do you know the date on this uh, 50 cent phone? You don't? 1938. There it is. Now, will you sit down? If you're going to be on this program, Green, you've got to be sharp. You've got to be ready with with answers and things. <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder, but uh, <clears throat> getting back to House of Television, if you have a nickel and you have a phone and a minute, call Richmond 21750 and enjoy television in your home this very day. A simple phone call in the House of Television, New England's largest exclusive television dealers, 
will deliver an Admiral television console set to your home without any obligation, without delay, and without a penny's cost to you. This should appeal to you, Green. Admiral Television is one of America's top brand names nationally advertised from coast to coast and beyond. Phone Richmond 2-1750 right now. Special operators are awaiting your call. You name the time when you want your set delivered, the House of Television will have it in your home right on time. That's all there is to it. Then judge the sensational performance of Admiral Television for yourself. The price is only $229.95 complete. If you decide to buy, it's yours for as little as $22.95 down and up to two full years to pay the balance. Right now, though, it's yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation, just plain free trial if you call Richmond 21750. That's House of Television, Richmond 21750. We don't have this program televised on Saturday screen. What route do you take home, Bob? I go down by way of Saugatuck, near Naugatuck, and follow the new canoe canal right up to Cohasset. Where did you get that man? You live near Bill Green, huh? I'm, I do in the summertime. Little then he moves away in the winter. Mm-hmm. He lives in Nantasket, right next to the Nantasket Casket and Glass Gasket Basket Company. company yeah. Or is it the Nantasket Basket and Glass Casket Gasket Company? I think it's one of the two. He's right down there, but you've closed the place up for the summer, have you? No more guests this year? Keeping it open for late trade? Johnny McAteer is coming down. That We told you about the, one of the bedrooms. Bill has about 14 bedrooms in that summer house of his. And in one, they have a big sign up. I don't know whether it's for the tours that come through, which Bill takes through every weekend for a quarter. But this big sign says, Johnny McAteer slept here. Uh, does he pay you for that or what? Uh, is he still playing the piano? Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Where are you playing? Oh, that's right. Those two, I always get those two mixed up. And how is Sammy? Is he good? Well, anyway, uh, Green is not going to be down there much longer anyway, so it won't do you any good to try and find his house on Ken Burma Street. It's on Atlantic Avenue. You are, Green? This should be a perfect spot for you to give a commercial for yourself. Come on over here. Watch how Bill Green will ruin this thing. He'll never have a customer for that house. Do you want to advertise it? I don't. Look, I painted your piano for you. Did I get a commission on that? No. It's a good buy, Bob. They cut their mouse population. If I can. I said they cut, oh, they cut their mouse population right in half. I, I don't get that. You mean he had mice in that house? Mice? <laughs> hmm? He had herds of mice, they tell me. Is that so? Yeah, you never heard of them. Well, green is a big cheese. It's no wonder they flopped around. <laughs> well, are you going to say anything more or go back to the organ? What do you want me to You do? wanted me to talk to you today. Yeah, what did you want to talk about? What was on your mind? Anything. Any subject you name. All right. I'll tell you what we'll do. I had a nice letter and a, and a big uh, layout display from Jacqueline Conant out in Waltham. She says she listens to the same announcers day after day and naturally gets curious about their looks. Also, one can't help conjuring up a mental picture of the faces behind the voices. Having pictured Bob as a kindly middle-aged gent and raised the poor man's Milton Cross, it was a nasty shock to see your pictures in the paper. I've recovered from that, but still cherish, cherish illusions 
about the other announcers attached are pictures of what they sound like to me. Could you confirm or deny that? I'm going to leave this up to the board of judges, which includes our music librarian, Nancy Cole, one of our library boys, Al Morris, Bill Green, our piano player, and Kenneth Wilson. He sent along six pictures, Norm Prescott, Leo Egan, Al Burns, Bob Clayton, Joe Kelly, and Fred B. Cole, sitting in his gold studio. Now, number one is Norm Prescott. Now, what does the board of judges think about that picture? Will you hold that up yeah. for the television He camera? looks like Smiling Jack. <laughs> well, he does in a way, you know. Mm-hmm. When he's standing still, he looks like he's going 15 miles an hour. No. And Leah Wigan looks a little bit like uh, Tommy Dorsey. Oh, yeah, I, I noticed that resemblance. Leo doesn't wear glasses, Jackie. He should sometimes, but he doesn't. Uh, that looks really does look more like Tommy Dorsey. Yeah. Al Burns looks something like Kate Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a resemblance there, you know. He looks like Marie Wilson, too, as I mentioned mm-hmm. yesterday. I think uh, Bob Clayton doesn't have a mustache. Last time I looked, he didn't. And that, that's not too... That looks more like green. If you, if you yeah. had a mustache and glasses, that would look like you. Uh, the closest I thought was Joe Kelly, because this fellow that she has drawn, he has his hair parted in the middle, just as Joe does. Uh, inimitable Joe. And he's chewing uh, on what looks like to be a piece of celery or a rat. Does Joe have a mustache? Joe doesn't at present. No. That's a mustache in that picture. Are those teeth? He has. He has. Joe has one that he he carries around. It's a false one. I'm sorry to see Joe only has one ear in this picture. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. that's supposed to be a three-quarter view, I guess. Oh, and number six is Fred B. Cole. That's not bad. Looks more like. No, uh, you know, that looks a bit like uh, Ray Noble. Doesn't it? Yes, looks a little bit like Ray Noble. Of course, this doesn't mean anything to you people listening, but uh, they are good, and we appreciate them, and a box of candy goes out to Jackie Cole. I think that was wonderful of her to send those in, although her ideas, I think the best thing for her to do would be to just try not to imagine what we look like. She has a good idea there, and maybe it would be better if she didn't find out sometimes. We've gone through the mail, I guess. Haven't anything more, have we? have another commercial coming up later on. Oh, and I think that uh, maybe we can have a little kind of a western routine here. We, we haven't had one of those for quite a long while. You know, we haven't looked in on those two western characters for a long time. I was thinking about that yesterday. Well, why don't we look in on them? We have plenty of time. All right. Where did we leave them last? They were riding west out of Abilene, where there was a place called No Law. Well, they pulled up in front of a deserted mining town. They pulled up in front of an old tavern bar. Yes, they did. And it was located in an old mining town that was long deserted. And they started to make some lumber out of it instead of temple. That's right. And uh, as they approached, inside the tavern, they could hear a backroom piano. That's play. right. They could. I remember that. Pico said, turned to his pal, Lefty. Say. And said. And said. Uh, say. What's the matter, that announcer said I'd hear some backroom piano, but I, I don't. Wait a minute, I think I hear it. Yeah, I know I did. Yeah. That's the latest song sensation out here in the wild, safe first country, you know. What are we doing out here? I don't know. We're looking for rabbits there, anyway. I just went down the agency and they assigned me to this show, that's all. He's the owner of this character west of the Pecos. You said it. There ain't no law out here, you know. I see you got your six guns there. Certainly. Have you, have you got any hot frozen Wait a minute. Somebody stole fire? one of them. There's only five there. What's that? There's only five six guns. I had six guns when I came in you here. Had six six guns. And I'm going to have six when I go out of my name ain't six guns. What is your name, stranger? Anthony. I, I, I. That's the name of this one, isn't it? By a strange coincidence. <laughs> Thank you.
rather like that one. Aye, 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 my serenade. Who wrote that? Somebody we know? Tito Gazar, his guitar. And his guitar, huh? Tito Gazar. I wonder what ever became of him. I remember Tito Gazar, and I remember Donald Novus, when they were just cucarachas. Yes, I don't remember. Say, have you ever admired the clothing of a successful young executive, <clears throat> a business or a professional man, and wondered where he got them? Them clothing? Or those clothing? The answer is Artie's Men's Shop at 16 Neelan Street, right here in Boston. Artie's is the home of clothing of distinction for men of distinction. Artie's, fe- bring your own setups, please. Artie's features such unusual little tailoring touches as the slack. Oh, here he is, a personal commercial for Artie's from the man who buys all of his clothes at Artie's Men's Shop, Norman Prescott. Norm, will you come over to microphone two? It's been sprayed with disinfectant for you. Bob, I heard you talking about Artie's in my automobile downstairs. Yes, and you raced right up. I had to come up because I've been a personal customer of Artie's for a good many years. Well, you know, I, I know that, and the word has gotten around. And uh, I, th- we've had this commercial all week, and I've been meaning to try and have you in here to tell us, to give us a little personal uh, story on how you like Artie's clothes. Well, sir, let me tell you Yes. Be careful now. Remember, this is my program, and uh, it, it's our commercials and so forth. Do you remember the very first day I walked into the studio a little over a year and a half ago? I do. You were a beaten man then, run down, shabby. I didn't have a suit in the world. That's right. You weren't wearing Artie's clothes then. And after my first week's pay, do you remember that following Monday morning I came in here? I remember that. You, you were a changed person. Do you remember what happened in the announcer's room when I walked in and said, Good morning, fellas. And then you burst into a dance and you sang a chorus of I'll be with you in Apple Blossom Time. Yeah, but do you remember what you said? <clears throat> I said, that's Norm Prescott? No, you said, there's Norm Prescott. And I said, there's a well-dressed young executive business or professional man wearing them clothes. Ray said, look at those shoulders. Bob said, look at that waist. We all said, look at those knees. And then you said... Well, I didn't have my cuffs down, Bob. Yeah. And, and, and I was in such a hurry to get the suit, they hadn't finished the alterations. And you had... Ta- in fact, there was a tailor with you, I think. Sewing up, sewing up the, uh, the cuffs on the bottom as you stood there before us. Let me tell you something, though, in dead seriousness. They have a Calvert model well, over there. That. They have a Calvert model over there. Not to be confused with... John Calvert, the magician. Well, I was thinking of something entirely different, but that'll do. But let me tell you something. It is one of the finest cuts I've ever seen in any suit anywhere. Their two-button, single-breasted model is... It's the last word, Bob. That's well. Artie, if you're listening, Norm will be right down for his suit after the program. But that is good. I've noticed those suits. And uh, Artie's, of course, is famous for clothing of distinction for men of distinction. They feature such little tailoring touches, the unusual touches such as the slightly broader shoulders, the hand-picked lapels. Quite, did you pick those lapels by hand? Hand-peaked. Well, it says picked here. I just read what they write for me, you know. Uh, uh, they, they quietly bespeak that custom-tailored look. And remember, with hand-tailoring, the longer you wear it, the better it fits, for it will conform to the shape of your body. At Artie's Men's Shop, the garments must fit without fail, or there's no sale. And all clothing at Artie's is just a little smarter looking, but not extreme. Artie's suits and top coats are priced from $65. And here's a special offer to WHPH listeners. 
Hardee's has a gift for all of you with any purchase of a suit or a top coat. Now, you haven't heard about this, though. No. A handsome $5 value Firestone Velon Plastic Raincoat. I didn't get nothing when I bought my suit. Well, you go down there this afternoon, buy one suit or one top coat, and receive this really wonderful $5 value Firestone Plastic Raincoat. Let's see, I got 12 suits there within the last six That's months. Hardy's Men's Shop, 16 Neyland Street in I Boston, a few steps from Washington Street. Years. Store hours, 9 to 5.30 every day, open until 8.30 on Monday nights. Nights? Speaking of nights, do we have... No, we don't have time for that story. That will have to be held over until Monday. I was going to... Uh, well, I won't tell you what it is. It, it has to do with King Arthur and a lot of stuff. We'll get to it on Monday, when probably Al Burns will drop in for... A hand. Bill and Ken will be here for music. Charlie Burgoyne will be there for the controls. And this is Bob Elliott who will be here at the same spot on the dial 850 with the words. Program known as Matinee with Bob and Ray. Nice that you dropped around today. Have a good weekend. And we'll look for you. WHDH. Head it here somewhere in Boston. Remember the name of Lydia Pinkham, whose medicine for women brought her fame. Whose medicine for women brought her fame.